my kids are not wired like me, but every single day they feel seen, heard, understood, and valued yeah. no matter what. Even if I'm like, I don't even know how you function. But, <laughs> yeah. but imagine like in this world of fake BS and, you know, filters and, and all the highlight reels, the ability to communicate with yourself as well and other people in a way that makes people feel seen or they say, gosh, are you reading my mind? Mm, yeah. And you know, you've kind of like done it right. You really, yeah. really have. Welcome to the Coffee with Courtney podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Marie, web designer and CEO of Courtney Marie & Co. After building a multiple six-figure design agency, I wanted to create a podcast to share everything I've learned and am still learning to help you grow your business. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts, share tips on branding, marketing, business, and so much more. So if you're ready to learn how to run a successful business and stand out online, grab your cup of coffee and let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I have a special guest with me. Um, her name is Tracy O'Malley and why I say special, uh, she was actually my life coach, which I want to mention because she was, it was a big pivotal moment in my life and for that I'm truly grateful and Excited to have her on the show today because she will change your life as well. Uh, so Tracy, welcome. If you want to introduce yourself. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful to be here and just watch you shine. I feel like a mama, like sending her yes. kid off to kindergarten. <laughs> um, and that's quite possible because I could be your mama. Um, but it's so beautiful to see you shining that bright light of yours on the world and with everybody you touch with their businesses and beyond. So it's an honor to be here. Um, I found you, you found me, what was it like three years ago? Yeah. I found you through a friend. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that to watch what you've done in three years and to see like how much I've evolved, Yeah, like in, in my coaching and kind of where it has gone. So I don't know what you want me to talk about or tell the people, I mean, yeah. Um, going well, to you. Today, yeah. So this was actually a very popular request to talk about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. um, and so why don't you tell our listeners more about like what you do, who you help, how you help them. And then we'll dive into the episode um, after rapid fire and we'll go from there. Well, the Enneagram, if you want to know all like the ins and outs and the history of the Enneagram, just GTS, like Google that stuff, right? <laughs> I'm one of those. It's like I'm a bottom line me kind of person. What can the Enneagram do for me and for you? It really provides framework and framework and a system to kind of get back to your soul's calling, mm -hmm. right? I believe we are all born with a temperament disposition and a calling on our life, right? And then we're dropped into environments, situations, families, mm -hmm. experiences that can change the expression of our divine calling. And what the Enneagram did for me and the thousands and thousands of people I've um, worked with in using this system and framework is kind of, it's this roadmap back to our soul. And when we can step into who we are with confidence and know what our, our gifts are and kind of where we get tripped up, it really helps you not stay stuck too long. Mm -hmm. And it actually allows you to shine your light even brighter. So what I do is I work with individuals, families, businesses, teams, and organizations to have everybody know who they are, 
know how others receive them, and know how to communicate most effectively with everyone so that you can bring out the best in yourself and other people so that you can take your mission, your mission, your vision, um, whatever you're here to do faster, quicker, and more impactful. And it's proven to be amazing. You know, I started using it first on myself because you know, you can't lead anybody if you can't lead yourself. <laughs> gotta be the guinea pig. You gotta, like, you can't, like, you can talk a good game, but if you don't walk your talk, you know, you're just kind of given lip service. And John Maxwell is one of my favorite leadership teachers of all time. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things you got to know the way, go the way, and then show the way. And I had to go first in my home. And then, you know, my kids were teenagers over a decade ago. So now they're in their 20s, late, mid to late 20s at this point. And it's changed how we communicate with each other. And I have two children completely different than me, mm-hmm. completely different. One's an Enneagram 7, one's an Enneagram 2, which we'll get into. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm an Enneagram 8, which is like, okay. And when I understood that I only knew one language and one way to communicate to lead, it made perfect sense why things were going a little sideways in my home. Mm-hmm. And when I started to learn the other eight languages of the Enneagram, because there's nine total, I saw that I could um, speak to people in a way that what was what, whatever was on my heart could be translated properly to them in a way that mm-hmm. they could receive it. Because people don't receive it the way that I receive it. And learning that made me a more powerful leader in my home and then in business, I was able, I I had learned this right at the beginning of my network marketing career almost a Mm -hmm. decade ago. And, you know, Enneagram eights are kind of intense and I couldn't have built what I did (laughs) if I just operated in my eightness. And so thankfully I had this tool and was able to build, I mean, I think I've made $5 million in that network marketing company and that organization is over 110,000 people deep. There's seven millionaires in that organization represented by six different Enneagram types and not one is an eight. And then after that, I started bringing this into families, um, Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 100 companies, entrepreneurship, yeah. all sorts of things. So it's been really, really cool for the, for the girl that was like a bull in a china shop to be able to elegantly speak to anyone in a way that all can receive the love and mm-hmm. compassion that's in my heart and the leadership and the tough love, which you were a recipient of that at one point. <laughs> yes, yes. Huge, huge mm. life changer. Um, well, thank you for that. Let's go into rapid fire so people can know more about you. All right. Um, let's dive in. What book has had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, gosh. The Carpenter by John Gordon. I think That's, I recommended that to yep, you. Yep, got that. <laughs> yeah, I think The Carpenter by John Gordon. Honestly, the other one, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. It was my first personal development book 22 years ago. Um, was called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. I may have even recommended that one to you. Yes, too. that is a good one. Such Powerful. a good one. Especially for relationships. Just and, throwing that out there. And businesses. Like if you yeah. have business partnerships, I see a lot of codependency in business too. But I'm actually re-listening to it again for like the third time. It's that yeah, powerful. I should too. I'm, I'm so staring good. at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in business? Oh, gosh. You need to be effective. You don't need to be right. 
Mm, that's a good one. Good mm. one for the ones that we'll yes, get into later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Same with the eights. Let me tell yes. you. Yeah. Uh, favorite quote or mantra? Mm. My favorite quote or mantra. I like the know the way, go the way, show the way, quite honestly. I do. It's like one. you got to walk your talk. Yep. Yep. We need more of that. Uh, what does success mean to you? The ability to be present with whoever, whatever is in front of me and leave a mark on their life in a way that they may not remember my name, but they remember how they felt when they were with me. And honestly, the Enneagram has allowed me to connect at a deeper level with even a stranger, like the the lady that rings up my groceries or the Mm -hmm. guy that delivers my mail. When you can like leave people better than you found them. Uh, that's success to me and to not miss a miracle that's right in front of you. Yeah. I love that. So he definitely had that impact on me. Mm, thank you. Um, what piece of advice would you tell your younger self? Oh my gosh. I tell her it every day. You know, I'm just, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Lean in, um, have compassion for yourself. Um, compassion is the superfood to the spiritual muscles. Mm-hmm. Shame repels that. So just like when we're, you know, working on the muscles on our body, we have to feed it the right nutrition in order for them to grow. If we're doing all this personal development and spiritual muscle work, if we feed it shame and guilt, it's kind of counterproductive. So feed your spiritual fitness with compassion and the possibilities are endless and it's been the ticket out. It's the ticket to freedom is compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the more compassion you have for yourself, the more you can actually have for others. Yeah. Because if you can't, if you're beating yourself up, you aren't giving other people compassion. You're giving them um, enabling and yeah. judgment, quite honestly. So yeah. yeah. Not a good, not a good place to be. <laughs> no, been there, done that. I'm over it. So have yeah. you. Yes, for sure. Been there. Um, Well, cool. Let's dive into the episode. So I know there's a lot we want to get to. Um, People have reached out on Instagram. What is the Enneagram? Let's talk all things about it. I know you said Google it, but if, if you were to give it a short description, like maybe for someone who doesn't really know what it is, Mm-hmm. What is the Enneagram? Where did it come from? Like it's popping up now, very popular. It's a framework that goes way back, right? And it offers in-depth insight to individuals, groups, collectives. There's three centers of intelligence. There's nine main Enneagram types. There's 18 different wings, which we can get into. There's three sub subtypes, which are our instinctual responses to life, which quite honestly, next to trauma, it's the number one reason why people are mistyped. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. It, this is just a map to personal development um, from this perspective of nature, nurture, and learned childhood coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And when we can kind of bring it all together and see the difference anything, like you can do anything and you can communicate with anybody. Um, It creates self-awareness in a way that if we kind of do the six degrees of separation when we're triggered or afraid or happy, Mm -hmm. each Enneagram type out of the nine Enneagram types, each Enneagram type has one core motive, one core. And you might like, especially you ladies out there, you might say, well, when it comes to this, I'm motivated by this. When it comes to this, I'm motivated by that. 
honestly, if we dig a little deeper, it's always motivated by the same thing. Mm -hmm. And each Enneagram type has its core fear. So for me, whenever I'm triggered, I, I always know it's because I feel like I'm about to be betrayed, violated, or put in a vulnerable situation, which is totally an eight thing. Okay. And I'm motivated by independence and autonomy. So, you know, in my network marketing career, for example, most people would have assumed I was an Enneagram three because like any contest, any rank advancement, any of that kind of stuff, I want it all. The mm -hmm. first two years I crushed every, I knocked it out of the park, broke records, all sorts of stuff, which looks, looks very three-like, like three. but it was motivated by this need for independence and autonomy and to never have to rely on anybody again. Whereas a three is motivated, they believe that their worth comes in what they do and what they achieve. Big, huge difference in motive. Yeah. But a lot of the other kind of personality assessments and things focus on um, behaviors, which are easy to change temporarily. Yeah. But if we don't get to the root of why we do what we do, we're kind of just kicking the can down the street. And like the health and wellness industry is a perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. We all know what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, we'll and it's all it, online. Right. And we'll do it temporarily until the pain goes away or we hit the goal. And then we go back to what we know. And usually there's some underlying stuff there that's been covering that up. And the Enneagram is, is no different when we play small or have imposter syndrome or compare or we are perfectionists or, you know, for me, I can be domineering and intense. Mm -hmm. All of that is to protect the, the core fear of each Enneagram type. And when you know what you're working with, it's a lot easier to course correct instead of like going off the rails completely. I mean, you still are going to have some like wall kicking, like holy shit moments. <laughs> But knowing Some what triggers. you're working with, yeah, I mean, I'm triggered, but I know where it's rooted. And so I can kind of do some damage control before I completely bulldoze people in my life. It's pretty powerful or, or sabotage. Yeah. That's a huge yes. one. Yeah. I, th I think for me, like when I took, you know, I love personality tests. Like I will take them all. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the Myers-Briggs, but I really liked the Enneagram because it felt like me, like I felt seen maybe mm -hmm. and heard. Um, and I think it's a great tool to be able to use to understand why you are the way you are, why you say the things you do or why, why you react or how to not react, that sort of thing. Well, and if you think about business, especially if you are a coach or, you know, you're selling services, there's an there's a plethora of people out there doing what you do. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no doubt about it. But if you have the ability to communicate in a way where people feel seen, heard, understood, and valued within the first few minutes, mm -hmm. even in an Instagram story for crying out loud, if they feel like you're talking right to them, oh my goodness, you stand out way above the rest. Yeah. And that, that goes for like as a parent as well. Like, my kids are not wired like me, but every single day they feel seen, heard, understood, and valued yeah. no matter what. Even if I'm like, I don't even know how you function. But, <laughs> yeah. but imagine like in this world of fake BS and, you know, filters and, and all the highlight reels, the ability to communicate with yourself as well and other people in a way that makes people feel seen or they say, gosh, are you reading my mind? Mm, yeah. Then you know, you've kind of like done it right. You really, yeah. really have. It's kind of like the love languages too, mm -hmm. in a sense. On steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Next level. Yeah. Okay. So there's nine different types. Mm -hmm. You said three core motives. 
Mm -hmm. um, and wings, which I want to get into each of those. Can someone be like, are we all just one type or can we be all a mix? The goal is to be able to embody all of them, but that can't just happen by knowing about them. You have to, you know, really lean into your core type, which does never change. Never, never, never. Oh, changes. it does. Okay. okay. No, it's kind of like your uh, birth sign, right? Like I'm an Aries. That's not changing ever. Yeah right? Your core Enneagram type doesn't change. However, just like our birth sign, the expression of it can change over time depending on, you know, your rising sign, moon sign, things like that. Your core Enneagram type can change its expression based on like how healthy emotionally you are, um, the wings, the way that you use the wings or don't use the wings, the way you lean into your growth number and stress numbers. So mm -hmm. for each Enneagram type, it's one thing to just know your core type, but we can kind of operate in that in our sleep. It's, it's who we are. It's what we do. The real growth happens when we can use the other four types that are directly connected to us, which means the wings and our growth and stress numbers fully. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we're able to really speak to the others. Like I will never be wired like a one. Like, it's probably <laughs> the one I'm least like in some ways, but we're often mistyped as each other. Yeah. Um, but I am able to really understand and kind of think like all the other types, but my natural go-tos are, are definitely the, my type and the four connected to me. Um, so once you kind of know that framework and know how to kind of use them, that's mm -hmm. when the real magic happens. It's like doing a project, right? Yeah. You know, if you have the right tools for the job, it makes it a heck of a lot easier and a lot less frustrating. But most of us know, like all, we all know how to use a screwdriver really mm -hmm. easy. We don't have to Google it. We don't have to take out a YouTube tutorial to do that. But a screwdriver isn't the, always the right tool for the job. Sometimes we need a chainsaw. Mm, I like that. Sometimes we need a power drill. But if we haven't practiced using them or know when and how to use them, we could do some damage and get real messy. And the wings are like these power tools in the belt that we don't always use. Mm -hmm. But the more we practice using them and using them at the right time and for the right reasons, um, it's almost instinctual how to use them. And honestly, like my Enneagram 8 tool, that intensity, domineering, decisive, isn't very rarely is it the right tool for the job, <laughs> right? So I need to use my wings in order to not blow my life up and not scare people. Yeah. So what, let's kind of go into that. What are yeah. the wings for an eight? So if you look at the diagram of the Enneagram, it's a big circle. And at the very top is the nine. The nine mm -hmm. is like the kings and queens of the Enneagram. And then it goes clockwise one through eight till it meets back up with the nine. And so whatever your core type is, it's the numbers on either side of you that will be the wings that you can use. So me as an eight, I have the nine on one side and a seven on the other. Okay. Right? And so the nine would have the eight on one side and the one on the other. The one, which is what you are, nine on one side, two on the other. And so you That's can't- That's so interesting yeah. because like I'll see posts on Instagram and be like, well, maybe I'm a nine. Well, maybe I'm a one. And so this yeah. is so great because I'm sure there's other people out there that maybe they haven't taken the test and they do see these posts and like, well, shoot, I could be three different types. Well, you're, you're always motivated. Like there's no question in my mind that you're a one because of mm -hmm. you are very black and white thinking it is good or bad, <laughs> right or wrong. Like there's like you are motivated by a need to be good and right, period, mm -hmm. end of story. Now, that being said, as I've watched you really grow 
the last few years. I mean, when I met you, you were leaning into that two wing, maybe not in the most healthy way. Yeah. Right. You were like um, a little people codependent, pleasing. people pleasing, cared more about what other people thought, would self-sacrifice sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I see you use the two in a beautiful, elegant, healthy way. You use it to connect, build relationships business wise. You have compassion, you have empathy. And when that sheriff, I call the one <laughs> sheriff, you're like the warden, my goodness. <laughs> When the sheriff wants to say, no, this is bullshit, you know, you lean into your two wing. It's like, okay, but we got people involved. So yes, it is BS. We know this. Yeah. But how can we kind of have some heart here, right? Yeah. And that's your two wing. And then for you, I see this all the time. On the other side of you, the nine, I my nine saves my butt all the time. The nine saves you too, because the nine is like, whatever your divine highest power is, whether it's God or the universe or whatever you call it, I believe Mm -hmm. the divine is a nine on the Enneagram. Mm. And that nine is that adaptive peacemaker, the ability to care deeply, but challenge directly. And the nine is always looking for what's the win-win and what's in it for the greatest good. And so the one in you is straight shooting, no BS, calling it like it is. But then you kind of use the two to be like, all right, we got people here. Yeah got to use some heart with here. emotions with emotions <laughs> and then nine is like how can we articulate this in a way where everybody feels like they're not judged that they're included and that it's a win-win all across the board and so that's what you I see you doing very beautifully right now and well, so you're using you. your wings in a great way right now well cool yay for you girl <laughs> success no I totally feel that like in I th- you you know, you go through seasons in life and when you're in your stress moments, like I do feel my one taking over. And when I'm in my flow, like a feminine state, I that's when I feel like more of a nine and just like everything's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. then, you know, in those stressful times, mm-hmm. it's like everything's not going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And you can become like a one who is, you know, very much like straight shooting and put together mm-hmm. when a one is pushed to the brink and completely in overwhelm that self-absorption emotions are high mm-hmm. and you're like off the rails like which is so rare to see a one like that but when it happens it's like what in the world just went on and yeah you become like just you're just consumed with that because you feel like you're breaking and people are going to like know that you don't have it all together yeah right i get it and, the, and me knowing that, like before, I would have not had compassion for a one that was kind of in that. I'd be like, get your shit together is what I would have <laughs> been shit. like. Yeah. Like, I mean, miss- from an eight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I probably would have said it a little meaner than that. But when I recognize, like when you were in that, like when yeah. we started our work together, there were many times you were having little temper tantrums. Oh, yeah. There was back and forth. I've had it with um, yeah. one of my business coaches, too. And I just... It helps to have someone yes. repeat that back to you. Yeah. And it allows me to understand that, you know, because an eight will take it. It was like, don't you think I know that I have this crap under control and <laughs> you're trying to tell me what to do and control me? And that's when like a one and an eight will really go at it. Yeah. But instead of me feeding into that for you and perpetuate, you know, keeping this perpetuating for you, I can kind of be like, okay, where do you feel like you're being exposed here right now? Or mm-hmm. why why are you worried about like doing the wrong thing? What is it really about for you? Instead of me being like Judge Judy and telling you to get your shit together. Yeah. No, that's really good. I think ones maybe need the deeper questions to get to the root of the problem. 
they do, but they're not always receptive because they want to keep this image up mm. that they're perfect and they know all the answers. And if they, you know, because if you're not right, then you're like horribly wrong. It's not like, oh, I got that wrong. For yeah. A while, it's like, if I didn't get it right, I'm like the devil. Yeah. I felt that when I first started my business, cause I was like, yeah. I have to have all the answers. Otherwise no one's going to work with me. Mm-mm. And that's so true. It's complete opposite now, but to have gone through that, like it's a, it's torture. Yeah. The ones can torture themselves a lot. Um, so like, if you think about like the, the three core motives, mm-hmm. so those are um, separated by the centers of intelligence. And this will help those of you that might be inclined to wanting everybody that you know to take the Enneagram test. And <laughs> I hate to break it to you, 65 to 70% of the time, all those online assessments are inaccurate. So Oh, they are? Yes. And we can get into why. Okay. But it's real, like the, the number one thing I would kind of tell you, unless you want to become like this guru expert that like eats, breathes, and sleeps the Enneagram like I do, Learning the centers of intelligence and the core motives of each center of intelligence will help you go a long, 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 long way. And within each center of intelligence lives three Enneagram types. So, um, and each of those have a similar core motive. Now, like if you dissect the three types within that center of intelligence, it looks a little different for each one. And I can kind of go into that. So the eight, the, the eight, the nine, and the one, which are at the very top of the circle diagram, they're in the body center of intelligence, which mm-hmm. means they operate mainly for, on instinct. Now we all do, but this is the dominator for the eight, the nine, and the one. Mm-hmm. So the other centers of intelligence operate, one of the centers is heart, one of them is like the thinking. So in the body, Um, Those three types are all motivated at their core of independence, autonomy, and control. Now, you know, as a one, you like to be in control of things, (laughs) right? Um, Eights definitely uh, thrive on independence. They don't want to have to rely on anybody ever Mm -hmm. because their fear is being betrayed and violated. The nines want um, independence in a way that keeps the environment happy and harmonious. Okay. And then the ones like we've talked about want independence and control because everything's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Period. Now the underlying emotion for all three of those types is anger. Now the eights, it's no secrets why eights are the most mistyped because behaviorally it's like, oh, they're angry. They must be an eight. That's not necessarily the case. Okay. Okay. So the eights are more external with their anger. The nines shut it down completely. Like they stuff it. Like they stuff it completely. And then the ones internalize it like an inner Mm -hmm. critic, right? You may not not be explosive like I am, but internally it's like your inner critic is going, you are a piece of crap. Yeah. Or they're a piece of crap. And you may not say it. You might be smiling at (laughs) them. Or they're a piece of crap. But you're smiling at them as you're thinking it, but you rarely will say it like an eight will. Like an eight doesn't care about fighting. We will fight with anybody. The nines want to avoid conflict, so they just bury it. And the ones want to like make sure you all know that they're perfect. Okay. (laughs) So in the heart center of intelligence, so these three types um, make decisions and communicate based on feelings. Okay. Okay. So this is the two, the three, and the four. The eight, the nine, and the one, the Eight is the challenger, the nine is the peacemaker, and the one is the reformer, the improver, or you guys can just call him the sheriff because that's what you all are. 
Um, in the heart center of intelligence is the two, the three, and the four. All three driven by a motive that is rooted in significance, right? Yeah. Now, how that looks for all three of these types is very different. The two finds their significance in what they do for other people. That's mm -hmm. why they're called the considerate helper, right? So their worth, their significance is with relationship. <clears throat> the threes, which we see a lot in the entrepreneurial land, their significance is based on what they do achieve or how they appear in the world. Mm -hmm. And then the four significance is this internal kind of like drive to finding their authentic self. That's why there's, there's a lot of creatives and artists and musicians that are fours. Okay. Now the underlying emotion for all three of those types is shame. And just like the other center of intelligence where the anger is one is external, one's internal, and one buries it. Oh, the, shame, the shame kind of happens with these three types. The twos are a little more external with their shame. Mm-hmm. Like if they're, you'll hear a two beating themselves up or saying, I'm a terrible person or. Oh like, yeah. Right. The threes, they bury it. They will. They don't this, talk about it. They don't. T nobody would ever believe that a three has shame except quite possibly maybe only the person that lives with them because in order to not feel the shame, they'll just set a new goal or move on to a new project. Interesting. Okay. And then the fours internalize the shame and they they mask it with envy and comparisonitis okay <clears throat> so you can see how they're all motivated by a need for significance but how it looks by each type is very very different but if you just know if somebody's significance driven mm -hmm. you can kind of really communicate with them effectively because yeah. if, if people didn't know me like i remember early on in my network marketing career when they would like dangle carrots in front of me i'm like i don't care about your trip yeah <laughs> like i don't care about this badge like keep your stupid badge. Show me how to make passive income that I have the rest of my life. So I have independence and control. Yeah. So like knowing who you're talking to, whether they're based on, you know, independence and autonomy or significance or the last category will be really, really important in, in what you do. So having one child that's driven by significance and one child that's driven by certainty, which is the last center of intelligence, mm -hmm. Like knowing that neither one of them are driven by independence or control, which is what yeah. I'm motivated by. So you can see how knowing this information can be so valuable in the way that you lead. And yeah. The way, and, and the way you love. Well, and I want to get into like later how it affects how you can use that for your business and like relationships and oh, like yeah. how you use it for your business, but also how to show love to other because we all don't receive love in the same no. way. Let me tell you, I've been dating lately. So this is, oh. like, I know that's new. Okay. So the last center of intelligence before we go off on a tangent with that. Yeah. So the last center of intelligence, the last three types are, um, oops, I didn't say what the other three types were. The two is a considerate helper. The oh, yeah. three is a competitive achiever. And the four is like the romantic individualist. Okay. All right. So now on to the thinking center of intelligence. So these three use like their thoughts, their brains in the way that they communicate or make decisions. Um, and their underlying emotion is anxiety. Now, their need and their core motive is certainty. They need certainty, okay? For the fives, which is the private investigator, mm -hmm. I like to call them, um, they need certainty that they're going to be equipped and capable with resources and information, okay? The sixes need certainty that they are prepared and safe and they're called the loyal skeptic mm -hmm. 
and the sevens, the competitive, or I'm sorry, the enthusiastic visionary needs certainty that they will never be out of options and that they can do whatever they want. They (laughs) want to know that they're not going to be put in a cage. They need certainty that all options are available to them. So you see, like, it's very, very different. Now, the fear and anxiety, just like the other two centers of intelligence, are expressed very differently amongst these three types. The fives internalize it. Like when they're fear and anxious, that's they're the most introverted on the Enneagram. They go into the five cave mm. and they kind of deal with it like that. The sixes, they're external with their fear and anxiety. They will call people out if they're not following the rules because they don't want to be blindsided, right? Mm. Like they have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets, kind of like a one does, but for different reasons, okay? Where yeah. you do it because you are attention to detail, a six, have those systems. I know, sister. <laughs> Sixes need sit- systems for safety and certainty because they don't want to be blindsided by something. Because if they get blindsided, they're like, why didn't I think of that? They always are thinking oh. worst case scenario, right? Huh. This is why they're great. My best friend's a six. I drive her crazy sometimes, and she drives me. They ask a ton of questions. Oh. <laughs> like, And I'm just like, let's freaking go, (laughs) you know, but because I know she needs certainty, I will slow my roll a little bit. I'm like, you can ask all the questions you want, but we're still going for it. Yeah. Right. And then the seven needs, uh, the, the fear and anxiety, they bounce, like they look very fun. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their fun is anxiety kind of in a enthusiastic form so that they don't feel the fear and feel the anxiety. They'll bounce and go to the next shiny object. Kind of like the three will do that with shame. Yeah. Yeah. And the nine will do that with like keeping the peace everywhere. The sevens will do that. And it's why they get a bad rap sometimes of being a little flaky or unfocused. And it's usually because their fear and anxiety is kicking in, but they won't express it because they don't want to feel um, hard emotions. Oh my God. That's so interesting. As I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably thinking of certain Mm -hmm. people for each number. Um, but I'm, I'm sure Tracy, like you say, that's probably dangerous to do. Well, you know, it's, it's not dangerous to do when it's used in integrity. Like it's not your job to go and tell somebody Mm -hmm. they're of this type. No, 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 no. That's either my job or their own kind (laughs) of self-discovery process. However, you don't even like the first five years I was learning and studying and integrating the Enneagram in my life. I never, ever told one person in my network marketing organization or my children what they were on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. My advice to you is start, once you think you've got it, start speaking towards it and you'll know when you land. They never even have to know that you're like, oh, I got a six in front of me. Okay, she's going to ask a shit ton of questions here and I need to be patient and kind because that's how I'll earn her trust a little bit here. Yeah. And once she knows that I've got her concerns under control, then she'll trust me to push her like the protective challenger that I am, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't have to, like this is where emotional intelligence comes in and a genuine care for humankind and wanting to be effective, not necessarily right. If you ask the right questions, you're going to know pretty quickly what somebody's core motive is. And at least if you're speaking to that, and the more you take time to get to know them, whether it's a client or a romantic partner or a child or a friend, Mm -hmm. um, the more that you're going to recognize very, very quickly who's in front of you and how to bring up the very best in them and how to help them if things go sideways a little bit. Yeah. I mean... 
let's kind of dive into that. How mm-hmm. would someone use this for, let's just start with business. Um, mm-hmm. How would someone use the Enneagram for their business? So like I said earlier, like knowing what motivates them, like if you have a two, three or a four, they're going to be motivated by um, significance and impact. Twos definitely are all about relationships. So like if you think about um, community building, they're all for that. Yeah. They don't necessarily do it like I do. Like, I mean, I love people. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about the intensity of relationships. But at the end of the day, I want independence and autonomy at all times. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned how to use in an authentic way relationships, which goes into the growth numbers, which we can get into in a way to do that. But if you know what's motivating somebody, if you knew you had somebody that was an eight, nine, or one, and you're saying, I'm going to motivate you with an Atta girl, they don't care. Mm, yeah. They don't care. Like, if you know me and know what motivates me, if you tell me, you know what, if you do this, you'll never need anybody in your business again. I'm like, sign me up for that. Yeah. But if you're like, oh my God, you'll be Insta famous. <laughs> Zero care. I don't care. In fact, that puts a target on my back, which could rob me of independence and control. And true. Very true. That. Yeah. Right. So knowing the motive, or if you have somebody that is craving certainty, right? Like, hey, you do this, you're going to, you're going to have this for the rest of your life or with a seven, you do this now, all the options will open up and it's like, you'll get a seven salivating. Just focus for like 10 minutes here. And I promise you all the fun will be unlocked. Yeah. I mean, you could use this in sales calls. You could use it in hiring, uh, employees. Like it's just another tool. And when people feel like you get them, Mm -hmm. They trust you and they will hand over money. And as a parent, let me tell you, me understanding the way that both of my children are motivated, operate, and what their biggest fears are. You know what happened when I started really speaking to them for them instead of them for me? Mm. The trust was built and they come to me with everything, knowing that I see here and understand them for them, not who I want them to be or trying to make them mini-me's, that when you have credibility and trust in all relationships, business or otherwise, this is is where intimacy happens. And Mm -hmm. intimacy is like the greatest gift of all time. And when we're all on our deathbed, it's those intimate kind of relationships and friendships and partnerships in our life that will matter the most. Yeah. And, and this is a tool to help. Feel. Yeah. And this is a tool to really help you see into the soul of another human being, no matter what facade yeah. or what behaviors they're fronting with. And that's so, why a lot of people, quite honestly, are either really, really drawn to me or they run like hell when I show up because <laughs> they know I can see all of it. And the good news is for them, like I don't use it with judgment ever. In fact, I look at people, all people, even the ones that are a little salty and do me dirty sometimes. Like I look at them with compassion because I know what's going on. Yeah. We all have our shit that we're going through and we all do. We're all triggered in a way from Mm -hmm. past trauma. How would you, you know, you talk about being able to work on yourself and then also understand other people's types and communicate Mm -hmm. the way that they communicate what would be some maybe action steps for people to take? Because a lot of this is going to be overwhelming 
For sure. And be like, I want to know my type, but then how do I talk to people? So what are some action steps that maybe you would give someone? First action step would be to get your type right. 100% and learn the ins and outs and all the things about your type. So often I'll get like somebody show up on a typing session with me and they have now drank the Kool-Aid and they feel so seen, heard and understood and they want everybody in their life, especially like their, their spouses or romantic partners or their children. They want to know all the things. I'm like, listen, your job is to understand you fully, not just you but how others might receive you. That was the biggest aha moment for me, you know, because my therapist introduced this to me 10 years ago and I didn't, I entered into the Enneagram kicking and screaming. I wanted no part of this shit. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't want a label. I don't need, don't put oh, me in a label. Box. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And she was like, and she's an eight big shocker. And I still see her to this day. Like she's still my therapist 10 years later. I've been through nine therapists till I got to her. And she's like, honey, this will help you get out of the box that not only you've put yourself in, but the world has put you in. And mm-hmm. she's like, quite honestly, your best thinking has kind of gotten you in this mess. So how about you open your mind? I was like, well, gee, <laughs> she's right. She spoke right to me. I mean, the eights love you when you straight shoot them. We don't always love it when it's happening, but we appreciate and respect it. So, you know, she did that. Um, I don't even remember what your question was, but Yeah. No. So like you learn that about yourself. Yes. Okay. Number one assignment is to get your type right. Now you have one of two options. One of two. Um, I I use the Disneyland analogy and metaphor here. Like most people like Disney, right? And Mm -hmm. some people are really fine getting the four day pass, taking their time with it, you know, exploring and all of that. And that's great. And you might even go back 10 times. Mm -hmm. Have at it. I am not that girl. (laughs) I want the fast pass. I, I don't care about a lot of this taco stand over here. I don't need to see everything. I want to see the things that are important to me. And so the Enneagram can kind of be the same way. You can go on this long self discovery process. You Mm -hmm. absolutely can take an online assessment. Know without question, I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of typing sessions with people where even the paid tests are inaccurate 65 to 70% of the time. So if you want to take the the four-day hopper pass version of the Enneagram, take the top four scores, okay? And I don't care if there's a big discrepancy from the top one to the next one. It doesn't matter. I've seen a huge gap between the top one and the next one. It was actually the third on the list. But if you take the top four, and then I would say put them in the centers of intelligence, like you'll probably have one in each one or two that are in two of the centers of intelligence and really look at the motives of those top four types mm-hmm. and take your time with it. Don't rush because you want to like, you know, use this Enneagram thing. Cause if you have the wrong information, you have the that's wrong, road, you have the wrong roadmap. So that's like the four day Disneyland process. And it may take you a while to get to the root of it because things like trauma and, or your instinctual reaction to life with, this is where, the interview processes that I do really allows me to understand the instinctual subtype, which can change how an Enneagram type expresses completely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you want like the fast pass, like I do, like I'm all about the fast pass and you want to take this information and run with it. And then, you know, you have the right framework. That's when you get on a call with me or do a workshop with me. And that way, you know, you have the right type. And then what you do with it, 
like the possibilities are endless or you go deep diving with it Mm -hmm. with me. Um, But those are like your two options. And if you're going to go at this solo, just know that it may take some time to get to the root of it and be okay with that because this is powerful. This is powerful and it won't make sense to you and you won't get the full value out of it if you're going in the wrong direction for you. Mm -hmm. It'll feel like a grind because originally I was mistyped as a three. Yeah. And behaviorally, I looked very three. Like behaviorally, I do look three. Like I'm super competitive. I'll be a little aggressive when it comes to competition. But again, it's not rooted in the same motive as a three. Right. And when I tried to be like a three, it was, it was exhausting. And I was like, this doesn't feel like me. Like, Like, I don't care. Yeah. It felt like a conflict internally for me. And even though when I read about the eight and we narrowed down that I was actually an eight, I didn't love that answer either. (laughs) I didn't love mine. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. If you love what you end up with on the assessment, it's probably not it. (laughs) Just saying, if you get a three and you love it, guess what? Probably not. (laughs) Usually the threes that are the threes read it and they're like, I'm not fake. (laughs) I don't care that much what people think. I'm like, when I saw okay. the eight, I was like, God, I'm an asshole. Yeah, that's accurate. I don't like that, but it's true. <laughs> so yeah, those are your options with like narrowing it down, but be okay taking your time with it. What is there like maybe a question that you would give someone to ask them like when they're looking at the motives, like not just like, oh, what motivates me, but maybe a deeper question? Yeah, you know, I I usually tell you to look at, the areas of your life before you were like 20. So, you know, as a four-year-old, what motivated me? Independence. You know, there were certain, like I looked very nine-like in my home. You know, I was keeping harmony. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic home with some violence and an emotionally neglectful mom. She's a beautiful lady, but she just emotionally could not deal. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I was always motivated a little bit by independence and autonomy. Definitely not significance, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when I was 10, so I usually like before you're 10 and then like that 10, 11, 12, like junior high, middle school age, like what motivated you then? Mm -hmm. And then maybe the teenage version of you, the little more rebellious part of you, what, what motivated you then? And then when you're 20, when you think you know everything, (laughs) what motivated you then? And you're going to see common themes throughout and then you can even narrow it down even more so let's say it is independence and autonomy great then i have three types to deal with eight nine or one yeah okay i knew i wasn't a nine like in the house i could express like a nine but put me out on the playground and i would cut somebody no problem right so that's (laughs) either eight or one right and then you know i i can think in a gray area all the time so i knew i wasn't a one Mm -hmm. And, and i'm very protective and vulnerability is my biggest thing. So like really asking yourself, like the age that you remember um, before you were 10, kind of like knowing that if you behaved a certain way, you got what you needed, whether it was significance, certainty, or autonomy or safety, right? And then that middle school age, see a pattern there. And then Mm -hmm. the rebellious teenager age, and then the 20 year old version. And you'll, you'll be able to narrow it down a lot faster. We're all just a bunch of seven-year-olds running around. We really, and that allows me to have compassion, even yeah, for the most shitty behaving, behaving people, including myself. It's how I have compassion for myself. Yeah. When I look back at areas of my life I'm not very proud of, and there's mm-hmm. many, 
I mean, 10 years ago, I was a mom that was putting her son up to the wall by his neck. Not real proud of that moment. Yeah. But when I realized that there was a seven-year-old inside of me screaming and feeling like I was losing all control, it makes perfect sense why that was yeah. happening. Now, it doesn't excuse my shit behavior by any means, but I can look at myself with compassion like I was terrified. Mm -hmm. I was terrified by what was happening in my home and the control I was losing. Yeah. And that was the only way at the time I knew how to deal with it, which clearly I needed new tools for my tool belt. So <laughs> thank God the Enneagram Just showed exchanging. Up. Yeah. The Enneagram showed up two weeks later after that incident. Oh, really? Wow. Yep, two weeks after that happened. That was when I was new. I was in full-blown crisis wow. and found my therapist in rehab. I said, I need help. And yeah. thank God, because who knows what would have happened. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's crazy, like, just using this tool. Mm -hmm. Makes it not as complicated. Yeah. It's very complex. We're complex human beings. But when I know that whenever I get really angry or triggered or I want to cut somebody, mm -hmm. it's because I fear that I'm about to be violated or betrayed. Yeah. And, you know, you take this into, like, romantic partnerships. It makes perfect sense how I emasculated almost every man I've ever been with, sometimes intentionally, oh. sometimes unintentionally, and now dating in this healthier version of myself the last 10 years. It's way more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. But I, um, oh, it's so scary. But I can communicate with him in a way that even though he drives me freaking crazy, <laughs> I don't have to cut him off at the knees. Yeah. Without Wait, does he know his Enneagram? Did you have? Yeah, he's a like, four. before this, you need to take this test. No, what was great, like, this was perfect. This was like two years ago. He, we had met at this networking thing. And then he started following me online after he'd met me. We never really had a conversation, but he, I didn't know he was following me. But then he started following me. And then um, he started asking questions about, he's like, I think I'm all of them. I'm like, you know, low key. I was like, well, here, take this assessment and see what happens. And, you know, cause I have an account that yeah. I, you know, I get these assessments at wholesale pricing. I got the results. Perfect. And, <laughs> and so his was inaccurate because his top three scores was seven, two and four. And I was like, great. A seven and a two. Yeah. I, I'm raising a seven and a two. This is fantastic. You got this. Fantastic. But the more I started asking him, I was like, shit, he's not a seven or a two. He's actually a four, <laughs> which, you know, a four and an eight, they're the most intense and emotional on the Enneagram. So that can be really, really passionate. Yeah. And we're both fire signs on top of it. That can be very passionate and intense and amazing. Yeah. Or we could end up in jail. It's great. <laughs> it's great. We're so, taking it day by day. <laughs> yeah, but me knowing like where we can appear very much alike intense wise. Cause he mm -hmm. is, he's like, it's, it's hot. It's like, yeah. he's intense. He's not afraid of my intensity, like the emotional capacity that he can hold is great, but his instinctual response to life is very different than me where I am like, go into the fire. Don't worry about it. He withdraws. Mm. And me knowing that, cause that feels very abandoning and betraying to me Yeah, as an eight. So knowing that he does that and it's not personal, even though it feels personal, I've been able to communicate with him and say, listen, I'm not trying to change who you are. I just need you to communicate with me when you're about to kind of withdraw. 
for your own processing because otherwise I throw walls up and when an eight puts their walls up, you're never getting past me Mm -hmm. and you're going to lose me. And I don't mean that as a threat, but like this is like being effective and, and, um, more empowering of each other. Now you can, you can withdraw if you need to. I understand that that's your kind of response to things, but just communicate Mm -hmm. it with me. Whereas when I can get a little fiery and intense, I can communicate, this is not personal, but I'm a little fired up. Yeah. Powerful. So now like I want to kind of dive into that relationships. Mm-hmm. How would someone use the Enneagram for their relationships? I know you mentioned it's better communication. So like, hey, mm-hmm. this is how I receive love or like explaining mm-hmm. your needs. But what are some other ways? So knowing the biggest fear of your partner um, is really great if you use this in integrity. Mm-hmm. When, when I said, like, looking back at my relationships, how I would emasculate people, I didn't mean to, but I did. Yeah. Like, but now knowing what my romantic partner and my son, you know, that they are motivated by significance. So it's words of affirmation are going to be really important for him. For a four specifically who I'm with, his biggest fear is of abandonment. And so when I'm feeling like I'm about to be betrayed or violated because he's kind of doing his like withdrawing, mm-hmm. I need to communicate before I put walls up or before I kind of withdraw and like you're dead to me kind of energy. Yeah. Let him know like I know that I, I need to process this because I'm feeling very vulnerable right now and I know that this can feel abandoning to you. I promise you I'm not going anywhere. I promise you I'm all in with you. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm feeling like really vulnerable. And I've used that with him a lot. He's like, I know this is really vulnerable for you. Thank you for telling me. Because Mm, for his biggest fear being abandonment, if I kind of energetically, because I'm feeling that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. like you can see where conflict can arise and vice versa. Like him knowing that my biggest fear is betrayal or violation. Yeah him communicating with me, like I'm withdrawing, but I am here with you. I got your back always. I promise you. And my actions will back it up. Then I can calm my shit a little bit. Yeah. Right. But I mean, using, you can also use this information out of integrity and hit hit people where it hurts. Mm -hmm. Like that would be really terrible. And I, I had done that unintentionally before. Well, and they're, um, you know, they just manipulate it too. It is, yeah. Like this, this in my hands 15 years ago would have been a disaster. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I would have used it to, you know, retain all the power and, and autonomy in an unhealthy way. You think about it. I want to give you an example of um, like two Enneagram types that are the same type, but look very, very different. And this has nothing to do with politics, just so you know. Mm-hmm. So Mother Teresa is an Enneagram eight. Most people would think she's an Enneagram two. She's not. She's just, that's her growth number. But she, I mean, she'll call it out. Mother, the original Mama T, Mother Teresa will call (laughs) it out. But she can do it in a way that people receive it. Because it's coming from compassion. But it's power and it's like, it is that challenger for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at Donald Trump. I knew you were going there. Yeah. Same Enneagram type. And, you know, you never have to guess what he's thinking, right? Uh Does does he effectively communicate that? No. No. (laughs) Regardless if you love him or not, like it's probably why he didn't get reelected because he didn't know how to effectively communicate some of his stuff that a lot of it had some validity to it. But because his delivery was so shitty, 
people wanted nothing to do with it. And I was the same way. Oh my gosh. Was I right? A lot of the time was, yeah, but because my delivery was so harsh and egotistical Mm -hmm. and self-absorbed sometimes, nobody could hear the truth in what I was saying sometimes. But you think of somebody like Mother Teresa who comes from compassion and empathy. She's still a straight shooter. But but in a different way, yeah. Her delivery is received by everyone. Gosh, it all comes down to communication. All of it. There are times that I'm thinking in my head how I would really say this if I didn't use my (laughs) wings and my growth number and my emotions. You're like, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm like, like with my boyfriend, I'm like, oh my God, I could just pulverize him right now if I said said this, but because I, I really do genuinely care about him and, and humankind. I, I never intentionally ever want to hurt anyone, even the most shitty of people, mm-hmm. because compassion will allow them to change, give them a door to change some ways if they choose to, you know, this saltiness and this, this anger and this fighting with people mm-hmm. that never will evoke change the way that compassion no, can. It never Whether works. Or not they receive it. It's none of my freaking business, but because I care about, especially my inner circle, which is very, very few, I will never, ever, ever hit below the belt um, where their biggest fears are, mm-hmm. you know, and like my, I have an inner circle of six. Okay. None of them are eights. None of them. So my two children are a seven and a two. Mm-hmm. The guy that I'm dating is a four. And my three closest friends are a six, a three, and a two. And knowing the fears and the motives of all of them allow me to be a better friend, lover, and parent yeah. to all of them with a lot less words. Yeah. So I don't have to be like energetically bankrupting myself all the time trying to get it right. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I don't have to say as much. <laughs> It's so great. I can just look at them and they're like, oh shit. I'm like, yeah. 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 Oh shit. (laughs) Well, and it's just being able to use this to basically get to things faster. Or if you're having, let's talk about that. If you're having like, or if you're feeling like you're going to react, or if you Mm -hmm. feel like you're in the toxic, Mm -hmm. maybe not the correct word, but if you feel like maybe you're in your opposite wing, what are some things that you or someone can do to get out of that quicker? Well, there are some more reactionary types like you and me, like we can go quickly into like spurting off at the mouth, like that is, you know, the instinctual parts of us. Pause will be your best friend. Mm -hmm. Whenever, like what I will usually tell people is your body feels it before your heart or your mind does. So true. And I can feel like when my body temperature gets really, really hot, which it's all the time, like, you sleep next to me, it's like an inferno. But like, if I feel my blood starting to move and like, I'm getting really, really hot, that's a sign that I need to pause. Like what's really like pausing to kind of look around what's going on. Mm-hmm. What's really going on. Cause my body is recognizing that something's kind of like firing me up here. Right. Yeah. And, and if you know your Enneagram type, when I start to feel it in my body, it's like, where's betrayal or violation or vulnerability happening? I immediately start like scanning the environment. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a story. Like um, maybe about four years ago, I was doing this retreat with a bunch of women at this campground way up in Prescott, Arizona, in the middle of nowhere. And I felt this kind of thing happening. My body was getting hot and my heart started racing. And we were just sitting around you know, laughing. There was nothing going on, but 
because I know like my body, the body never forgets and the body never lies. Mm-hmm. And I, I even asked the women, I said, is there some, something going on? Is, is something going on? And everybody's like, no, we're good. I kid you not, 15 seconds later, two campgrounds over, a drunken fight broke out. Oh, wow. And I grew up in that. Yeah. And so my body recognized that before I did. So listen to your body first. And based on your Enneagram type, like I was scanning for like vulnerabilities, which is- And like your walls go up. Yeah. and, And I start to be on high alert. Now, if I'm not in tune with myself, I am going to start being domineering and bully-like in my environment mm. to protect myself because that's what an eight will do, right? You'll start criticizing everything if you feel like you know, your goodness or your righteousness is being violated. Mm-hmm. My, right? throat, my throat tightens and then my heart races, yeah. but I think it's like also the fear of losing control. Bingo. It's so if you like, feel oh, that in your body, like recognize that little seven-year-old Courtney feels like she's about to lose control. And what would you say in that in situation? You wouldn't be like, like a bull in a China shop. Yeah. You'd actually be very kind to that. It's like, okay, I got this. We're okay. This isn't personal. It feels really freaking personal, mm-hmm. but it's not. And so pausing to kind of go to your core fear on your Enneagram type will allow you to calm your nervous system a little bit, which is really, really important for health and, and for relationships, like calming our nervous system because the body does not forget and the body never lies. Mm-hmm. And you will feel it in your throat because you want to say something and you won't all the And time. I don't say it. <laughs> right. Where like I will feel it in my gut mostly. You'll either feel it in your stomach, your throat, the heat in your body or your heart. Yeah. Right? And just being mindful that if you feel it in your body, kind of taking a pause, excusing yourself to go to the restroom Mm -hmm. was my number one tool before I could really navigate this very quickly within seconds. If I felt it in my body, I would just go to the bathroom and kind of like be in there by myself with like that version of me. I'm like, okay, what's really going on? Like if you were pulling a small child aside and you could tell that they were either angry or um, in shame or in fear or anxiety, which if you go back to the centers of intelligence, you know, those are the emotions of them, right? Mm -hmm. What would you say to a small child pulling them aside privately if if you could feel that they were anxious, fearful, angry, or in shame? You'd say, what's really going on right now? And that will help you not explode on people or shame yourself or, um, you know, avoid you know, because there are some of you that are very escapists, you're mm-hmm. escapists or avoidant. Um, and none of that really works for the long game. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much. Uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> I don't know, sister. It's, it's crazy. A lot of people are like, okay, I need to have you back because questions. I know all I know. of you listening are going to have questions. And I absolutely can come back if that's what you guys want me to do for sure anytime. Um, I already have DMs. They're like, um, can you just talk about it all? I'm like, I'm going to need some more specific questions. Yeah. I mean, we, we could totally do a Q&A at some point. Um, yeah. But, you know, the Enneagram isn't complicated. It isn't. But it is very, very complex. And once you know the system, which our girl Courtney loves systems, my goodness. And this is the greatest personal development system and framework I have ever used. And I've been at personal development probably longer than most of you are born. Mm-hmm. I've been at this like tw- almost 23 years. And I got 
introduced to the Enneagram a decade ago and it changed everything. It, it accelerated and fast tracked mm-hmm. everything. Um, and again, with compassion. Yeah. Not just like, because me, I just want to figure it out. I want to figure it out. And when we kind of white knuckling, when we're white knuckling trying to figure it out, we almost miss the point. Yeah. And the Enneagram gave me the ability to really honor my entire journey, the entire process and honor who I was called here to be and to walk away from the things that weren't for me anymore. And that involved people, places and things, unfortunately, and knowing that not everybody's going to receive that as an honoring move. Mm-hmm. I know how to deal with it now when in I a think, way that's authentic to me. I think it helps you set boundaries too, in a sense, mm-hmm. like, Hey, like I, I know that I'm doing this for me and whoever like doesn't accept it. They're just operating out of what they know. Yeah. Boundaries are actually a very loving act, but most people won't receive it that way. But you know, it's a a loving act for you and for them because when we put up boundaries, we don't enable crap behavior Mm -hmm. or behavior of other people that doesn't serve them. Yeah. Right. Like if I put up boundaries with my children, no, they don't love it. Mm-hmm. It never like boundaries never feel good because it feels like we're being controlled or or whatever that looks like for you, right? But when we have some structure to our lives or some framework, even for those of us that don't like to feel like we're controlled, we can breathe a little bit better and we can see things a little bit more clearly. Yeah. Now, if we're in our dysfunction, do we want that? No. So Just know that when you are standing as your authentic self and shining your light, not everybody's going to want to kind of pull up a chair and have a front row seat. No, they're not. Are going to try to knock you back a few rows, and some are going to try and take you out, and some might leave you. And all of it's part of the journey. All of it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So to wrap up, because I have so many other questions, but I don't want to take too much time. To wrap up, let's do like a brief... Enneagram one overview for those. I hope if you're listening, you are one. I mean, I like, I hope there's other ones (laughs) listening. Well, this Um, might also reveal why people are drawn to you and and the gifts that you bring to the table. So, um, you know, the thing about the one you're directly connected to the nine and the two, right? Mm -hmm. They have a one as a wing. So if you have a nine or twos in your audience, this might explain why they're drawn to you. Okay. The four is also connected to you. The four in a growth pattern takes on the healthy version of the one. And the seven, when they're not so healthy, takes on the unhealthy version of the one. So the seven, the four, the twos, and the nines are all connected to the one in some way, just so you know. Yeah, that's interesting. So so even if you're not a one, if you're a nine, a two, a four, or seven, this might reveal a lot for you. Perfect. Because you have some some stuff that goes along with the one. You're not motivated by Courtney if you're not a one, but or you're not motivated like her if you're not a one, but you are you you have the ability to tap into the one tool belt. Got which it. is awesome. We got the same tool belt. Yes. You just you're just very skilled at the one tool. That's all. <laughs> so the ones value principles and integrity. High standards, high integrity. You're driven by the emotional or the motivational need to be good and right. Mm-hmm. You strive for perfection and self-control. Now that can go sideways on you if you're so rigid that you don't take action, which is where you and I started meeting up. You were like paralyzed in perfectionism, uh, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, integrity and quality will also always be very important to you. You appreciate 
high standards, rules, principles, and structure and framework and systems always. Um, At your best, people will experience you as tolerant, self-accepting, and serene. And I got to tell you, your energy is so calming right now. So (laughs) like you're in a great spot, I can tell. And I've seen you not at your best. So this is awesome. A lot of growth. Yeah. You offer dignity and discernment to yourselves and the world around you. It's why you're a great leader. It's, it's why you're a great leader. And because you do use your wings beautifully, you have compassion on top of it. Uh, when you're not so great. <laughs> Let's get into it. <laughs> okay. I have the hardest time with ones when they're not in their healthiest place because you can be very judgmental, critical, uncompromising. Um, you have an acute awareness of your own imperfections and not being good enough. So instead of revealing those to the world, you start projecting and um, disassociating that with yourself and kind of making that about other people. Mm. Like you'll pick out theirs to kind of hide yours. Okay. Yeah. The gifts of the Enneagram one, very principled, objective, conscientious, structured, quality minded. Now here's the cool thing about the Enneagram is each type has their own like gifts and superpowers. So these are your gifts. They're only your gifts when you're in a emotionally healthy place. These gifts, when it's coming from love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace, the principled objectiveness, conscientious, structured, quality-minded, those are your gifts. Now, think back three plus years ago when Mm -hmm. you met me, when you were coming from- When you came from (laughs) fear, insecurity, unworthiness, shame, guilt, and ego. Yeah. This principledness made you self-righteous. This objectiveness um, made you super judgmental. Um, you, you were overly reliable and overly responsible for everyone. Yeah. You were so structured, you were rigid, and you made yourself a prisoner into mm-hmm. your own life for a while. And this quality-minded kept you trapped in perfectionism because if it wasn't perfect, it wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. And so you can see where the good news is, is none of us are broken and none of us, there's nothing wrong with any of us. It's the come from. That's why the motive of the Enneagram, it's so important that you get to the motive of love, compassion, empathy, service, and grace. Yeah. Then your superpowers can shine instead of hold you prisoner. Yeah. I love that. What are, what's like two tips that a one can use, I guess, for their business and relationship? So your growth number is the seven and you go from being the strict perfectionist and the seven is called the enthusiastic visionary. And you can think about like back in the day when you weren't at your best, like fun. Are you kidding me? That's messy. Yeah. Are you kidding now me? I just want to have fun. <laughs> it's, it looks, there's nothing that looks sexier on a one than them playing and having fun that is unplanned or unspreadsheeted, right? <laughs> like I know when you went to Tulum, you probably had a list of things you wanted to maybe do. Yep. <laughs> but you didn't maybe plan every second of the no. day. No, we just had a list and we we're like, like, as long as this happens, we're good. Yep. So like having your high standards and high integrity, that's never going to go away. But having some wiggle room in the execution of how and when that happens, yeah, that's where you kind of need to loosen the reins a little bit because then you'll actually enjoy it. And you might find some new processes and new structures and systems along the way when you aren't so like hyper-focused on the perfect exact way that you have it in your mind. Mm-hmm. So for a seven, 
or sorry, 401, study all the beautiful, healthy parts of the seven and write those out and put them on your mirror and know like that's like you at your very, very best. When you take your high standards and high integrity and principles, but you bring these qualities to the table, mm-hmm. you'll never be motivated like a seven. You never will, but you can take the best of the seven and marry them with your high standards, high integrity and your principles. And that's when a one is like the very best yeah. of the ones. And you're right there, sister. I'm watching it play out and it looks so beautiful on you. Thank you. And I mean, I can truly share from experience. Like I exactly what she said. I felt all of those stages Mm -hmm. and I think what's helped me get to where I am is just more understanding of who I am Mm -hmm. and just a lot of work, honestly, like just understanding how to get out of my own way. And I wish I could tell you that, like, you can check the boxes, which ones like to do. (laughs) God, you're like, just tell me what to do. I'm like, right. it's until you're dead. So, so I just want you to know. And as you grow, new layers show up. You know, this whole dating thing for me has exposed layers of stuff for me. And as long as you kind of like are here for it, here for the whole life journey, just know that this work continues until your time on earth is done. So just stop kicking and screaming like I did and just embody this work and know that it will help you feel more fulfilled, have more fun, attract in the money, the people, the relationships, the fun that you want in your life. But you have to do the work and it doesn't end and it doesn't have to be hard. And it doesn't have to, if you try to bypass it, it's going to show up and trust me, it'll show up at a time that's not fun, convenient or cheap. (laughs) it gets it gets really expensive if you put this off yeah oh my gosh this was such a great episode we're definitely gonna have to do another one um because i'm sure people have questions um yeah so thank you for doing this i appreciate it and my pleasure where can people find you well you can find me on the gram at tracy underscore o'malley Um, I'm not the best um, shareable content person as an Enneagram 8, but I will straight shoot you all the time. So you can come there for the straight shoot and truth about the Enneagram and how to use it in your life. If you know that you want to kind of dive deeper with this, you can go to tracyomalley.com, the work with me section. I'm still currently doing individual typing sessions. Um, But yeah, get the fast pass and, and come join with me. Your podcast. Oh, duh. My podcast. Yes. The that gold. Is, yes. That is the best resource of all things Enneagram. There's 200 episodes. By the time this gets aired, there will be about 200. And I actually talk to you about the information of the Enneagram, but more importantly, how to use it in your life and in your businesses and in your relationships and in your homes. Yeah. And what's the podcast called? The Leadership Formula. Perfect. Yeah. I highly recommend the podcast for sure. Um, I listen to it a lot, so it's great. Mm, Um, well, cool. Thanks again. And we'll be proud of you. Thank you. You're you're just doing what you were called to do and you're doing it so well. I I just needed that little birdie. Well, birdie in my ear. It's only good if you're listening and you were listening. So keep it up. You're helping a lot of people out there. Thanks. Well, thank you. And thanks everyone for tuning in until the next episode. As always, thanks for listening. And if you love this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or leave a review on iTunes and share it with a friend or on Instagram to help support the show. 
If you want additional resources to help you grow your business, you can find them on my website at CourtneyMarieCo.com or below in the show notes.